Hi, everyone. I am Sophia Vraka. Welcome to my podcast. You had it in you all along. This podcast is to remind you that who you are right now is enough and that you have the power to make things happen. And all you need to know is what you really want in life and consciously choose to move forwards in life with. Each episode, I chat with amazing souls, and through sharing of stories, you will learn how to connect with yourself and hold the belief that anything is possible if you really want to achieve it. I am really excited and humbled to have my next guest on today's episode, which is Pia McBean, a real human story of staying true to your sense of self and always being mindful of the power of the present moment. And that's a choice of optimism that lies therein. Pia and her youngest daughter, Izzy, currently call Vienna, Austria home. So for those of you that may be listening to this podcast in the future, right now, we are at the 7th of November, 2020, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, a global pandemic. This is where Pia divides her time well with raising a teenager, spending quality time with her elderly mum, her siblings, as well as connecting deeply to nature and her soulmate, her fur friend, Gigi. All while deep diving into a new role as a PA to the UK ambassador to the OSCE. She has two other children and a whole other family and friend matrix residing in Sydney, Australia. So, Pia, hello, and so good to have you on the podcast. Hi, Sophia. Very pleased to be here with you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having coming me. on. Thank you for understanding the vision of the podcast and actually wanting to be here. It's not an easy ask right now with what's going on, so I thank you for that. The more I've got to know you as one of my students five years ago, um, and as a close friend, you've always managed to find balance within all the stages of your life. So I just thought we'll start the podcast with telling us more about your journey, the learnings and the valuable experiences that you've had wearing all the different hats that we just mentioned before in the intro. Um, where do I begin? Well, I am actually originally from Austria. Um, you wouldn't guess from my accent, but um, I lived in Australia longer than I have in Austria. So I guess that's where it comes from. Um, I lived in lots of other countries on the way to Australia. Um, Hong Kong, Singapore, London, um, but Sydney and Australia was my home for a very long time and my three beautiful children um, grew up there. Um, most of the time we spent on a farm in Armadale, New South Wales, um, which is uh, where they grew up and learnt how to deal with snakes and spiders and everything mm -hmm. um, that Australia has to offer. Um, but we had a beautiful beautiful time whilst we were living out there and then we moved to Sydney, back to Sydney, um, and um, the kids went to school in Sydney and in Orange, New South Wales. It was, it was a very interesting time for all of us. We learnt to deal with, I never envisaged myself living on a farm in Australia 
of all places when whilst growing up in Austria. But I learnt so much. I learnt how to um, use a chainsaw. I, I learned how to. I learned how to um, not tread on snakes that are highly dangerous and um, could kill you. I um, I built up a friendship group in that town that um, I uphold to this time. Um, mm. and they are very, very special to me and we are still in touch, um, not every day, but once a month at least I check in on them and they check in on me and um, that was especially important to me um, during COVID. Um, and we just, yeah, it's, it's lovely to have friends all over the place really. Everywhere I've been I've sort of collected um, people on the along the way that have stayed with me and I can call my best friends to this day so it's been lovely um and yes and the journey then brought me to Vienna with my youngest daughter my eldest two are studying in Sydney and they stayed um and Izzy and myself and our dog Gigi um ended up in Vienna, where I am originally from, and it's been lovely to be near my mum, who is getting older, and to be able to help her um, navigating the, the way of life of getting older and having to go to the doctors more and doing this and that, that um, I wasn't able to do for my dad because he died uh, over 10 years ago now mm -hmm. um, and I was in the middle of raising my three kids so there was no space really for me to be there for him um, and I just wanted to make sure that I was there for my mum and to help my sister because she's got three younger kids so um, it's been a really lovely time a time that I wasn't quite sure how it would pan out, but it's it's been really good. And I got a great job and a wonderful team that I work with and it's been fascinating, um, the work that I do for the OSCE and to learn about security within Europe. So it's it's been a great journey so far. As your friend, what I loved was the weekends that you'd go away and you'd just be in a different part of Europe. For five days and you'd send these photos through on whatsapp and before they'd make it to your insta account and these gorgeous places that you visit literally at your doorstep and that's the beauty of living in europe right it like is prior it to is. covid it was you could literally go okay well i'm going to france this weekend and i'm off to you know the uk or whatever it was you could just pop that into your list of what you wanted to see and do and it's within a weekend away yes it was very fortunate before covid um 
we um, managed to get to um, Spain and we managed to get to Italy and Mm -hmm. we went over to England Mm -hmm. and um, also my other two kids were able to come over and spend time with me here and that was actually the, the the premise on what on which I wanted to build this journey so it was speak, your vision yeah it was your vision yes. living abroad at this stage of your life it was the adventures that you had anticipated for Izzy and yourself living as a close unit and her continuing you know on into her last couple of years of high school and obviously going to dramatic arts or something like that in the UK at a special selective school that she was hoping to get into and connecting back to your family was a huge one as you just said and fulfilling that desire to travel more you know whilst you've still got your health and this stage of your life you know on your side so yeah it must be a totally different um, way of now having to what we spoke about a moment ago, accept and get on with what it is rather than stay in the reactivity mode of what it is that we need to come to terms with. And I feel that's what's divided the globe from continent to continent, those that have actually gone on and accepted and live within it and those that are still in reactivity to COVID. Yes. um, I find in Europe, um, although we're struggling at the moment and we're currently in another lockdown, here in Vienna um, and all of Austria. Mm-hmm. But it's a lockdown light, as they call it, because we can still move around. Um, there is a curfew between 8pm and 6am, but um, we're still able to do whatever we need to do, um, although cafes and restaurants are closed. Um, but Izzy and I were able to, in summer, go to Croatia and we we were able to go and see the um, the sea and um, be out in a different culture in a different country and um, this is now very much restricted but it's still not as strict as they have in Australia so it's 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 a different um, way of it's mm. a different way of um, looking at it Um, over mm, yeah. here, we, we are dealing with it. We we are. I agree. I mean, there's six six thousand cases a day, but we're not panicking. We're just getting mm-hmm. on with it. Um, we still have enough hospital beds. We um, mm-hmm. can still have enough ICU patients in the ICU. Um, yes, there will be a limit where we cannot deal with it mm-hmm. anymore. But um, we go around and do our business as usual, and. And live our lives, so to speak. Whereas Australia is more reactive. That there aren't that many cases. Um, yeah. But people, I find, have more angst about it. Definitely, I agree with that. And there's a couple of points to make, particularly for people that will come stumble along this podcast. And I don't know how long podcasts will go into the future if it's 20 30 years will it be like a history book where you open it up or press play and it's like oh yeah that's what they were doing at that point in time in in that decade one thing to for everyone to understand particularly if you're listening to it at a later date for Pia to be able to go from Vienna into Croatia and enjoy a summer holiday for us in Australia we're not even able to go interstate and that keeps changing day to day um, in regards to what the, lo- the local and 
governments within each region then have hotspots and then we have the state governments that are ruling their state separate to other states and then you've got the federal government which is just overseeing everybody else's decision-making policies and we don't have a cohesive effort which I feel in Europe there is there's a wearing of masks straightforward everyone wears a mask there's just these basic things that everybody does there whereas here it's region by region and it's not a collective effort and I feel that's why we haven't got to that stage mentally to be able to just get on with it and move because we haven't really been encouraged to fully accept and move on we've just been reacting to it really for nearly eight months now whereas Europe has gone through that process and decided we need some quality of life and we will do these measures we will keep things moving because even if you had not done that and gone the other way would it have really made the hugest difference in terms of numbers probably not no no I don't think so I mean no, I've been watching the numbers so every day mm. yeah and the thing is I mean the poor governments I mean I feel for them because this has never happened before how how does anybody mm. know how to deal with this situation from day to day and what are the most effective measures? I mean, you can yeah, ask doctors yeah. and mm. specialists and all these advisors on what to do, but everybody has a different opinion on it. So it's very hard to find the right way of handling it. I feel that there is not a right way. No. It's just I feel that. This is a one lesson it's taught me and it's paralleled a lesson I've learned in every other part of my life over COVID. This is what I've learned for me on my journey this time around and it's powerful. For me, it stopped me in my tracks sometimes in life and this is what COVID's taught me and then everything happened, like I said, in every other area of my life. There's two options. Neither one is ideal. And... I call it there's one that you can live with in your soul and there's one that you just cannot support with your soul. So you have to go with the one that you can live with even though it's not ideal and do the best you can within that decision to go on into that space. And when you understand that, I went back to history. I keep saying that in the other podcast that I did with Robin. It was studying history and how other people made it through their hardships that I realised that that was a lesson they learned, but we had never really been exposed to anything because everything was always so abundant and so free and blissful. We hadn't really experienced two choices that weren't ideal, you know, and that's yeah. why we're really struggling as well, you know, in our mentality yeah. and our emotionality. We're really struggling with that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, I definitely... I definitely struggled at the beginning because so when I, it all yeah. hit, yeah, when it all hit, I realised that I will not be able to see my children for over a year or, and that wasn't the premise that I was, mm. I moved overseas with because mm. I wanted to see my kids um, and I just had to somehow get my head around the fact that that wasn't going to be possible with flight caps and um um quarantine measures in place that there's no way I can do it so um and I think a lot of people are struggling with um not being able to go about their daily routines or their travel routines or their their 
holidays the way they used to? I feel there needs to be a space for you to mourn that, like grieve that that is not the same. I honestly feel post-COVID there'll be a new version of travelling. doesn't mean that we won't ever travel again. It's just going to take time. It's like any wound. It needs to heal. This has to heal at some level. Like we we have what we are talking about prior to recording this, we are discussing how many years it would take most nations to pay back the debt for propping up the economy and keeping us going as most governments and God bless them. Honestly, we wouldn't even be in the situation where we are in now if it wasn't for them putting out money to keep people still doing things in society. A lot of people have not got jobs, but we've been managing to bring money into their space by providing grants and, um, you know, fortnightly income. So to me, it's all about just realising this too will pass. Nothing ever lasts. And so we will travel and just do the best you can within what you've got rather than stay in reactivity to it. Let's just sit back now going, this is what we've got, but how do we make the most of this? How do we benefit? And I always keep saying to yourself, particularly and a few other close friends, we need to take our thinking caps off the way that we've conditioned to think and think about new ways that we can create work, you know, ways of earning income. That's more entrepreneurial based, obviously, because there is a lot of other ways of channeling time and services through other methods. It doesn't involve having to then implicate ourselves in the COVID-19 you know, virus at all. We can still be generating that income and get the economy and get our countries back to some level of optimism. So that when the virus either has a vaccine or we have it just disip- like disappear into the ether, we bounce back a bit quicker. But I just feel like staying in reactivity is keeping us quite small we're not thinking Mm. for ourselves we're not allowing our creative minds to come in and go what can we do as a globe what can we do in our own backyard to start with then in our state in our country as a globe and everybody will have their own version of connection for some people their globe is their family like yourself you know for others it is the veggie patch they grow and they're the home growers and you see them in the organic markets every Saturday and it just depends on what it is that is your backyard. We need to have more of that style of thinking and then we'll be able to overcome anything, anytime, anywhere because we're more resilient, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Mm. And I feel that's what you've learned through all this as well, like the resilience of watching how Europe's been able to just manage through that. Like you still have theatres and beautiful shows to go to and, you know, when you said to me, I'm going to the opera and I'm like, oh, yep. So now we do have the ability to go see shows here. Mm. Yeah, and we don't (laughs) for the month of November at least. Yes, but hopefully again in December. But, um, yes. It is that reliance on tourism or whatever it may be that you're relying on that um, probably needs to change in future because um, Mm. we need to look at different solutions, as you said. Exactly. Now, I would love you to share with the listeners exactly what we're creating today on the podcast. And when I first spoke to you and I said, we need to do a timestamp and you're like, oh, I'm not the right person for this, Sophia. And I'm like, um, really? There is no right in this, Pia. It's all about sharing real stories and having people 
understand that we've all had to come to terms with certain realities and it hasn't been easy for anybody and how we interpret that and how we move forward is a choice. And what I wanted to ask you is your toolkit that keeps you balanced through all this and your source of positivity and strength because no matter what time we chat, whether it's your morning or I've had a late night finishing work and it's midnight and I call you and you're like, you should be in bed. <laughs> well, it's your morning. It's your morning tea. So you've got no excuse. Stay on the phone. Um, yeah. So what is it that you're always bubbly? You always have a smile through your voice. If we're not on a video call, I can feel it here. You always bring me such joy. What is it that you do to fill up yourself that allows you to be so full? Because you know, your mother needs you a lot at the moment and you need to be that role model for Izzy as well. And it's just been amazing watching the way that you do embody self-care really well. Most of us and have the anticipation that we embody it every day, but you actually do, Pia. You, you don't have a day off from really self-care unless you're in bed with the flu, which is like once a year. You know, and that still is self care because yeah. you rug up in, you know, under your blankets and you'll be talking, you know, into the phone or the iPad. <laughs> um, yeah. So run me through and all the listeners what it is you do. There's a beautiful routine in the morning that I love that you do, no matter if it's two degrees or minus two or 22 like or 32. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a dog. Her name is Gigi. And um, she's a little bit difficult because she doesn't really like people, but we're working on that one. Um, she's getting used to other dogs now too. But um, she was our dog in Australia and I made the decision to bring her with me here to Austria. And um, I... Every morning I go for a walk with Gigi. I mean, I have to go out anywhere. I work in a, I live in a small flat, so I haven't got a garden just outside the front door. Um, but Gigi and I, uh, we live um, on the outskirts of Vienna um, and there are beautiful um, wineries and hills just behind us. So mm-hmm. we head off into those most mornings and go for a walk and just there's normally no phone involved or anything technical it's just Gigi and I and we go walking and we just breathe and we she plays she loves playing with sticks and whatever so as soon as she's out there and off the lead off she goes and finds a stick and brings Mm -hmm. it back to me and it's just it is it is as you said, it brings me down from whatever I'm up on or up from whatever I'm down on mm-hmm. and it just is time with me and Jeej and it sets out my day in a positive way. Even if she comes back to the flat and then starts barking at people, it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just a time however long it may be, um, where I have full concentration with her and she with me and she loves it and I love it and it it just sets me up for the day and I wouldn't do without it. I mean, G- Izzy and I often um, discuss this and I say, 
because she is a difficult dog. Uh, <laughs> God, it would be so nice to just not have to do that. Um, but in reality, actually, um, I can't do without it. So um, I would never want to do without it. So that's 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 how we do it. And that gets repeated twice more um, at lunchtime and in the evenings, um, not always by me. Um, Izzy does it as well. And I have a very nice gentleman that helps me with Gigi um, um, during the day if I have to be at work. Um, and he also trains her. So um, she she keeps us all going, actually. So it's it's amazing what um, animals can do to a family, keep them together and keep them going, even in hard times. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. Um, when my brother passed, we had his cat that my parents adopted because he moved into a unit that he wasn't allowed to have pets. So we dropped off this Russian blue Persian, you know, to their home and said, oh, I'll come and visit because I'm the dad, but you have to bring her up because I can't have her in the unit. So after <laughs> he passed, <laughs> um, she was like the only connection to him that they had. And it was really difficult. They had a very, they still do a very challenging journey with their grief. And up until she passed, it was the only thing that glued us together when I'd come to visit because it was so awkward. You wouldn't know what to say at times through that grief that they were experiencing at that intensity. So it revolved around her and yes. her, her daily rituals and her the way she was behaving, what mood she was in. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. They, I called her the glue. Yes, she is. Yeah, so. Yes, and she would have been. So, so this is a really funny story when I found out about your pet dog, Gigi. So Pia was one of my students at the classes I run at Telstra and at that time we ran them at a studio within the main building there on George Street in Sydney. And I'd get these messages from Pia, emails or SMS going, sorry, I can't attend today, my dog's escaped or the police have called me, my dog's been found. And it was just so random. And then you had a dog whisperer come in and all this work had gone into soothing Gigi's system down so that she could actually remain in one spot when everybody else went to school or to work. And what I loved about watching her heal was realizing that she had chosen you because you're such a busy person to ground you. You had to really stop everything, even one of your busiest roles in your career and go collect this dog off a random street, you know, <laughs> and take that dog home and start going through Google for a dog whisperer. I mean, how many people can put that in their story of their lifetime, right? And then yeah. taking it over to Austria and you know, watching that journey when she got off the plane, you know, and oh, know. the fact that a lot of her anxiety had dropped off in that journey. Which so was amazing. Wasn't that a, yeah. I know. Like that is when I went, she chose you. She had chosen you to be her owner and you had chosen her to help you ground and to help mm. bring sanity to everything else yeah. in your life, you know. Yeah, and, and bring love love and, and cohesion back into the family. So it was it was beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. And also in regards to the work you did before that pair as a massage therapist that you did share with me from time to time and your connection to real food, I mean, that's played a big part in your life even to this day because, I mean, you are such a natural, healthy, vivacious 
woman. Like you just exude health and well-being. Yeah, well, um, I do like being healthy. And um, since living in Vienna, um, because Izzy decided to be a vegetarian, um, I'm more or less a vegetarian. Every now and then when I go out, I eat meat. But um, at home, we don't have any meat anymore. And it's it's... It's been fantastic, actually, for my health. It's mm-hmm. it's changed changed my. I don't know if I've lost weight, but that that was beside the point because I didn't need to lose weight. No. Um, but the thing was um, that I just feel better all round um, by not eating meat um, and eating healthily, um, and just. Just all around, I mean, I do a lot of exercise, I um, I eat well, and as we discussed before, I mean, everything in moderation, mm. I, I, do, I do all these things um, and I do love my chocolate and I do love my red mm-hmm. wine and <laughs> all those yeah. things, um, but again, in moderation and um, it's amazing how it... The whole lifestyle, as in the whole picture, can make mm-hmm. such a difference in your life um, when you when you think about it. I mean, you taught me so much about eating and what what kinds of foods and um, what, mm-hmm. what to supplement it with and mm-hmm. all that. So um, I definitely think that that in this t- day and age, um, it's so important for everybody to consider in their lives. I feel food firstly is an energetic exchange as to how you actually treat your soul. When you make the effort to choose good food, you're not just nourishing this human vessel, but you're feeding your soul. You're you're saying to yourself, I am deserving of this time. I am putting aside valuable, you know, resources, not just time and money, but creativity and thinking around what do I want to put into my system? How do I want to absorb this food? Where is it needed for healing in my body? You know, sometimes you just need food to bring about a mood in the sense that you want, it's winter, you need that warmth, feel safe and nourished. Other times you're healing, you've got some almond, and I'll say to Pia, let's get the turmeric, the ginger, the garlic, you know, take those all out, the citric um, foods as well. So, it's just about realising that it's not just the calories or the macros. There's an energetic exchange, a life force in each food, and it feeds your life force. So going to vegetarianism, I feel for you, was the right time in your life to do mm. it. I noticed straight away, I was our second video call after you'd been over there and I said, what are you doing? There was just this glow. And I feel that we're conditioned, like a lot of things in life, to think certain things have to be a certain way. And it is what we don't know that we need to be exploring more of and becoming more intuitively aligned with what it is our body needs, what it is our brain needs, and what does our mind want, like our intuitive mind. It will tell you. And it, there's days where we'll speak and I'll go to you, I didn't have a food day today, and you'd say, don't worry about it. Your body doesn't want food today. You know, sometimes it just needs a break. And other days it's telling you I need X, Y, Z by 10 o'clock in the morning. And so you give it that. And I've learned now to go more on that model. Um, And that's what you're doing as well, you know. Yes. Like exploring vegetarianism and being more aligned. And I think we've helped each other along the way, to be honest, Pia. We have indeed. No, no. 
that's why I love our chats because I learn so much from you. You give you give me so much. I give you some stuff back. Exactly. And it's an exchange. It's an exchange of not only being there for each other, but information mm. and um, yeah, it's it's. And it's we go through some deep to. stuff too, you know. Yeah, like we some do. Our stuff's been, <laughs> you know, those darkest moments, and it's like I just need to hear your voice at the end of the phone. It will make right now feel just a little bit less. There's Gigi. <laughs> I was hoping she'd park welcome on everybody. This podcast. <laughs> I said to you when we started, so it'd be great if we introduced Gigi, and then she just did a little. <laughs> she's done that a little bit later than cute. Hello, she darling. Is. She knows my voice too now. Hi, Gigi. I think that will get to the next stage of podcast now, the sparkles of wisdom. All righty. So, Pia, are you ready to go with the four questions I ask every guest at the end of the episode? absolutely. Okay, so what are you grateful for at the moment, apart from gorgeous Gigi? Uh, I am grateful for my health and for my family's Mm. health um, at this time and this yeah, pandemic, um, although my family all have had COVID over here, um, I just, I'm thankful that they got through it um, and they're back to their own, back to their health and nothing too drastic happened to them all. So, and I wish that for everybody really, um, mm. that we get through this. Um, we will. There, there is a post-COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, exactly, exactly. It's not, it's all transient. Nothing stays the same. It's just what we're passing through at the moment as humanity. And if you look at all the other pandemics, literally two years has been the average for most of them, Mm. from that Spanish flu to swine. And we had that sweating flu virus in the 15th century. So I really, in my, Bones do not feel like this will be longer than another year or so. It will just do its thing. That's just my intuitive take on this. So we'll wait and see. We'll do another episode when you're back here visiting the kids and we'll do one when the actual, you know, virus disappears and we'll go, hmm, that's actually happened. Anyway, the next question, Pia, you read a lot, so you can have more than one book here, love. That is okay. Well, <laughs> I'm giving you permission. Um, you don't need permission. I'm just being cheeky. What is the most life-changing book or books you have ever read? Um, I had to think about this because I do read a lot. Um, mm. But I guess there's for every time in my life there has been a life-changing book. Um, mm. I guess when I had my my baby girl, um, Domino, um, it was what to expect when you were expecting. It was definitely mm. life-changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, and then there were probably a lot of um, books in between. But I read a book um, last year that I told you about, um, which is called Conscious Uncoupling, mm. um, that really, really helped me go through some time a time in my life where I needed that. I needed mm. that reassurance that life would go on and um, life would be good again. 
and um, I could make peace with my former life, so to speak. So, um, yes, I would say those two books. Um, mm-hmm. I remember helped me through stages in life that were quite, yeah, difficult, um, happy, unhappy, um, full of love, full of angst. Um, but they brought me to the next stage. They helped you transition through. Yeah. Rather than spiritually exactly. bypass, you were able to sort of go through that process of acknowledging that that chapter had now closed in a very peaceful way and there was nothing wrong there. It, it just finished and it was time to start a new chapter with all the vivaciousness right. of great gratitude and step into that space. And I remember when yeah. you read that, latter book that you mentioned um it was a profound impact on you I remember when you said that you'd finished reading that yeah so I feel like books can be a teacher for your soul you know I feel like the author's just sitting there talking to you when you read some of those books have the biggest impact in your life that you're on a, a seat with you on the lounge and just chatting you through so yeah they're beautiful books now, we've already gone through a couple of self-care rituals. Is there anything else that you would see as an essential self-care ritual that we haven't mentioned already, Pia, for yourself? Um, no, I, I guess not. I think my meditation and my sanity comes from walking Gigi in the mornings and mm-hmm. um, um, that is what I do for myself. And then I guess also I do take time for just myself, not just me and my dog. It's not all about me and my dog. Um, mm. I um, I do things on my own, which I love doing and I mm. really enjoy it. So I think it's, it's, it's good to be on your own and be comfortable in your own skin to be on your own. So, um, mm. yeah, it's it's something that um, everybody should be able to do, um, be in your own company. Exactly. And it's a nice mm. balance to have when you feel just as comfortable with other people but also want to have that space with yourself. It's, it's peaceful. It is. It's spacious. It's, it's just yet too used to it too and I think a lot of people do and then you want more of it and then life's just so busy and whatnot but for those people that haven't experienced that yet undo the busyness because it, it is a beautiful thing to be with yourself once you quieten the mind your heart's a beautiful companion your soul's it is. Yeah. a beautiful companion if you can just get past the stories that are racing through that you've just allowed to be a pattern, you know, there's such beauty there and you don't need to be anywhere else than just in that really quiet place within. So, yeah, I totally recommend everyone just having a little bit of time out with themselves. Yeah, this last question, Pia, I'm interested. Having arrived at this stage of life, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? I would give to my younger self the advice of be patient, 
Mm. But also enjoy every stage of your life. Don't rush it because every stage in your life teaches you so many important lessons and there is no rush getting to the next stage. Just just be patient with the stage that you're in right now and enjoy it. Having heard that now, the way that you said that so eloquently, that helps me better explain that choice you make inherently where you, you don't even know you do it. It's just that when you're an outsider experiencing peer, you see that optimism and positivity that comes back to that. You know, just be in that, yeah, and I can see that now. So I really feel for everyone we need to do that. Without that stage, you're not ready for the next. And if you rush, you'll end up overlooking something or life will bring you back. It will, you know, sidestep you or take you back a little bit to experience it again in another way to learn what you've got to learn. And you've always said to me, Sophia, everything got you to where you are. It was just you had to do that first. (laughs) <laughs> we have those conversations. So, yeah, now I completely understand your soul a lot better. Thank you for that. No problem. Now, every episode I ask the guest, is there a, a charitable organisation? Is there an offering if they have a business? And Pia just asked me to ask you as a listener, to embody generosity, to step outside of yourself and give to those less fortunate than you. So she wants you to understand that this does not need to be a monetary exchange. It may just mean smiling at a person that you pass on the street. And right now, that is not the easiest task at hand as we speak about. Share your story this morning because we've been sharing stories on the way that we smile and how many people actually smile back since the COVID pandemic hit the globe. Uh, yeah, no, my daughter um, tried doing that the other day and um, Viennese people are known to be grumpy um, <laughs> at any given day and um, she tried this the other day actually just before we had the terrorist attack on Monday um, and she came back and she said, Mum, you know, I tried. I tried smiling at everybody and nobody smiled back and she was so she was so sad about it. But um, I guess winter's coming here and mm. um, it's getting colder and, um, and on top of it um, in all public spaces and um, transport and wherever we have to wear masks so I think people have lost the ability to smile in some way or form um, because they don't have to anymore so Mm. um, I think it's Mm. I think it's really important that we smile at each other um, even if it's just the eyes that we see. That's what um, I was about to say I started yeah. doing the eye smile and the inner eye and the inner smile with my students when the pandemic hit and then I thought no I'll do that with myself every day as well and I actually started smiling with my mouth and there's only been two real people that have not responded at all where it was just almost like what are you smiling about there's nothing to smile you know about at all so I'm doing a little bit better than Izzy but Australia's not quite as grumpy yet 
but I think give this more time and if we um, have a lot more months living like this, it might send a few people into that way of coping, you know, rather than smiling, which helps you lighten up as well. I, I love smiling now more than ever in my life because it lightens the mood for me and it makes people realise we still have the power to smile and there's still good things around and it's yes. not all around the virus. We don't need to make this our centre of the universe. Even though it is a big shift, I agree, but it's not to be the centre of our existence. We will get through this. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. Okay, everybody, if you love today's episode, please leave us an Apple review so we know you want more of this content and to make it easier for other people to find the podcast. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you resonate with this podcast and you want to support it financially, please visit my Patreon page for more details. The link will be in the show notes. If you are committed to exploring the power of your mind, heart, body, and soul, join us on the next episode of the Have It In You All Along podcast. Remember always, you are loved. You are love. They love.